Reinhardt, do you mind um, starting us off with, with just a word of prayer here? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you, man. Heavenly Father, thank you for thank you for the opportunity for us four pastors to get together and and dialogue with each other, dialogue with people watching. Lord, I pray that you would use this time as an opportunity to make your name known, that we would use this as a time to bring you honor and glory, and that um, through this that we would feel encouraged and uplifted, and that um, we would all be challenged to to ask questions and answer questions and. Um, ultimately, that we would uh, share the gospel with with whoever's here listening. Lord, we love you and thank you for this opportunity. In your name, we pray. Amen. 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 I'm like so hyped. Amen. I'm ready to go after that song. Let's go. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna jump right into it here, um, guys. If you have questions, the way that this is gonna work is we have a form. I think Cat can have it in the chat or any of the other mods can throw it in the chat. Uh, you can ask a question anonymously. And it could make it as one of the main topics of our show. So we, uh, there was a couple that we already had beginning to start. So we picked one of them that's going to be the main focus of the night. In between these segments, we're going to be grabbing chat. We have um, Father Ironheart, who's going to be, you're the gatekeeper of the night, I believe, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's uh, Pastor Deustin. You're the gatekeeper of the chat tonight. So if you guys have questions, just at Pastor Deustin. And he's going to grab some of them as we dialogue here and make sure that he brings them up and that we can engage with them a bit more. And then if you guys have things that you want to mention or even comment, uh, feel free to throw them in the chat as well. So uh, the question came in, and uh, and basically what they were asking was this. They, they were asking, what is the purpose of the church? This is going to be just a very uh, general, um, but we're going to break it down in a couple different ways here. They said, you know, is there, you know, but the Bible has a lot to say about what churches are to be, what they should be, um, but what is really the purpose of that? And so... Um, that's going to be the opening question that's going to be a big part of the segment here. So having four pastors here, all from different parts of the U.S. here, uh, you know, experiencing different types of churches here, we thought this would be a really good starting opening question here of what is the purpose of the church. So uh, we're going to throw this right away. Let's start with, we'll do uh, Dr. Heels. You're all the way to the left. We'll start with you. Hey. What uh, We're going to break this down into a couple different ways that we're going to talk about this. This first one is just, what is the church in general? Um, and I'm just going to kind of let you go, and then Father Reinhardt, okay. if you want to follow up after him, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, we'll let okay. you we'll let you start this one. Okay, yeah. So, what is the church? Right, a lot of us think of the church as uh, a building on every street corner in the southern state, right? Um, but that that is, you know, the the local building. The church itself is actually not the building. The church is the people that makes up the building, right? Yeah, we, we, we have a cat going on. I love it. Is that yeah. our sound effects? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Okay. Uh, so the, the church is not the building, right? It is. It, it's not It's not my cat. My cats are not in here. Uh, I just seen oh, in the my. chat. So <laughs> the, the <laughs> Okay. All right. But the, the church, right, it's not the, the building. It's actually the people that make up the church. And, and I think when we say church, we have to distinguish what we're talking about. Are we call, talking about like the little C church, which mm -hmm. would be your local church, your first Baptist uh, second road freedom street church or whatever whatever that that might be your little c church but the the big church is the church that jesus died for right the, the big right. c church and that's just the the cumulative body of believers like every christian forms together to make the church right um so, yeah so i think we have to distinguish what we're talking about are we talking about the individual churches in every town um which are all part of the big c church um, and I think that as the Big C Church, we have to come together and work for the mission of Christ, despite our small, usually insignificant differences. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that would be my answer for what what is the church. Yeah. 
Father Earnhardt, what do you think about what he's saying here? Do you do you agree with that? Do you disagree? Deucen totally disagreed and just got up and left. <laughs> he's just, he's, he's like, sorry. he's like, that was a horrible answer. Come back. <laughs> so bad. No, I, yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. I, I don't think I have much to go, to go with that. The only thing that I always, I always think it's funny when people are like, hey, let's go to church. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. I know what you mean. And I know what everyone means when they say, let's go to church, but you know, we are the church. We as a community of believers are the church. And so I always think it's, hmm. I wonder, I wonder if it's necessary to change the language around what we do on Sunday morning when we say, let's go to church. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I don't know. I, I've thought about that. I, I have, there was a lady at my, at my previous church when I was interning where she would always give the kids at youth group a hard time about running in church. And I'd like whip around and I'd stare in the eye and I go, Bernie, we are the church. And she's like, I know, Tyler. And she would just like give me a bunch of grief. And I'm like, it's fine. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I, like I said, I agree with everything Dr. Hill says. And, um, you know, we as a community of believers are the big C church. And then when that, that, when believers gather in their local settings, that's the little C church. And um, yeah, anyway, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Long-winded way of saying I agree. Now, I, I want us to all note that he actually said, I agree with everything Dr. Hill says. <laughs> That's a bold statement. I yeah. say some dumb things. Yeah. But this, this time being. <laughs> no, Maybe no, no, not everything, everything all the everything. time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Decent. How you doing over there? Are you good, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I I took care of the cat. Sorry about that. <laughs> you put it down? It's gone forever? I like the cat. I like the cat. We were becoming friends. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just took it and did not toss it, but I just lightly placed it you outside of little, the room. Little, that it was in just, Nicely done. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Don't get banned. If you throw it over your head, no. you'll get banned. I did not. I lovingly set it down. There you go. Nice. He okay. spoke words of encouragement to it to comment. That's right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Speak so we got life. to hear from these two pastors over here. For you, what has been one of the major emphasis when someone asks you, what is the church? What is your go-to response? Something that you always make sure that you say um, in that conversation or in that answer. Yeah. So kind of, I didn't get to hear Ironheart all, all of what you were saying, but uh, Dr. Heels, yeah, I, I kind of, the same thing that we are the church, you know, and I know it sounds like just a, a prepackaged answer, but really, I mean, that's, that's the truth of it. We are the church, the church. Yeah. The church is, you know, there are physical locations of a church obviously, but whenever it gets down to it, we're the church. We are the, the instrument that God is using on planet earth to do the things that he's called us to do. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's us ultimately. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my go-to. <laughs> That's good. It seems like the, the collective thing here that we keep hearing is that it has to do with the people, the people, the people. And I think that's going to be so important as we get into the actual question that someone asked and, and kind of sent in through the forum of what is the purpose then of the church? What are we actually called to do? Um, but before we go on, uh, Pastor Deucin, you've kind of been watching chat sort of while, while uh, taking care of your cat. Seems like the, the majority of it. Uh, has been yeah. on the cap, but if anyone has anything <laughs> specifically that they want to add to that part of the conversation before we move on to the purpose of the church, but maybe you guys have something that has just stuck with you or a piece of info that you guys have seen in chat on when you talk to somebody about here's what the church is or here's what it should look like. Um, we, you know, we'd love for you guys to, to include that in as well. 
Uh, just because we're pastors doesn't obviously mean that we know or can cover everything. And so maybe you guys have something really good that wait. you want to include in there as well. You said right. wait. Wait. <laughs> Who said wait? Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't either. Let's see here. Uh, we have some people saying, I'd say so, the church is the people. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right on with what we're saying. Mm -hmm. But, all right. Well, we'll kind of let yeah. chat keep keep uh, going in and filling in some of that. And we can go on then to, to what the actual question was. As long as we can identify that, that what is the church, then we can get into the topic of what is then the purpose of the church. Now, this is, I think, mm -hmm. where, where, you know, that unity where we've, we've kind of seen that across the board. I think my answer would be, similar to the way you three kind of responded here. Um, but getting into then what is the purpose of the church, I'm interested to see how the three of you guys respond. I'll, I'll give my answer on this as well, because I feel like it's not going to, uh, you know, it might be different. It might be very from you guys. So uh, we'll, we'll start the other way this time. We'll start with, uh, with Pastor Deustin. What, do what would you say when someone asks, what is the purpose of the church? What, would, what do you go to? What do you say? Uh, yeah, so that's, that's, I think, the big bulk of of this question for tonight, the purpose of the church. Um, I mean, different churches, you know, define it different ways and different de denominations explain it different ways. But I think ultimately, like pretty much anyone would kind of agree that it would boil down to just a few key things. Um, the church is called to evangelize. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the church is called to be a, a place for the church body to worship together. Um, mm. for discipleship and building up of the believers and um, a place for, for outreach uh, yeah. where the church can come together, equip the saints, and then go out and do the ministry. Um, so I know this, you know, it's just kind of starting the conversation, but, and we'll get into a lot more of it, but um, I'd say those, those are probably the four, the four big chunks, for sure. uh, which, I mean, we could talk about all of them, you know, forever, yeah. but, but yeah, I'd say evangelism, outreach, uh, uh, worship and discipleship are kind of, kind of the key components of, of the purpose of coming together. Uh, like the purpose of, we understand we are the church, but whenever we actually come together on a Sunday or a Wednesday or whatever, you know, wh why, what's right. the point? Why couldn't I just do this, this at home? Couldn't I just read my Bible and listen to worship music? You know, yeah, what's the point sure. of coming right. together? Well, it's for these things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think there's definitely a huge, at least that I've seen when I talk to people who kind of feel that have a mentality of Christianity of like been there, done that. They go, you know, I, I can, I don't mm -hmm. have to go to church. I can just worship Jesus in my home, you know, in my bedroom. And I think as technology continues to grow and we have things like this, I, I think those people sometimes feel like they're, they're, um, response in that way is validated when it's going like, I, I can do church online or I can just, you know, and so, uh, so, so we can kind of get into that and talk about that even more in a bit, but I want to give father Arnhart the chance, uh, father Arnhart, how would you respond to someone who is asking the question, what is the purpose of the church? This was, a, this was a really good question. I was really glad this was the first one we were leading with. Um, I know the, when I, when I think about the purpose of the church, I think about, um, why, and this, and probably I shouldn't think of why do I go to church on a Sunday morning? That's probably not what I should go to first. I should go to my Bible first. But when I think of what, why do, what do I, why do I go to church on a Sunday morning? And it's, it's to worship God with other believers and it's to be encouraged by other believers and to be built up by other believers and not necessarily like there's a level of like discipleship that happens on a Sunday morning. But I, from 
from personal experience that usually happens in a more small in a smaller group setting yeah small groups wow um but but typically sunday morning i i go to be encouraged by other believers and to to worship god in a corporate setting with other believers um and that's that's what I've seen, and and what I feel churches when we when we gather on a Sunday as the as believers, that's what the purpose is is to worship God. Mm. Um, and and when other when non-believers come in and they see what's going on, um, you know that's an opportunity for us to just lay everything out because this is this the corporate worship I think is for believers to worship. It's for all people to worship God, but unless you're a believer you're going to be the ones that are worshiping god whereas everyone else is you know rebelling in their sins so they're right technically not so right. um yeah that's kind of where i've arrived at that you okay. know the purpose of the church yeah that's good yeah. I'll, I'll kind of give my like five second answer so then we can get uh dr heels and at least get these opening statements out but the first thing i always think of is is you know the church is meant to be a city on a hill you know a light mm-hmm to the world yeah. and so that that would be like my opening thing that i would kind of start with here and and you guys you know well i want to read the question actually i'm trying to get mm-hmm. the question pulled up here but uh dr heels what would you kind of say same thing here the purpose of the church is blank yeah so uh i'm gonna cheat just a little bit i'm gonna go to the bible for just a second right there you go four pastors and the first one to go cheating. in yeah. <laughs> yeah you know i'll have the answer i go to the answer, right. uh, just that's a little sermon quote right there. Okay, all right. Uh, Acts <laughs> two forty two. <laughs> Acts two forty two says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Uh, go down a couple of verses. It says all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Hmm. Um, and, and I think that the Acts 2 church is like the, the perfect representation of the purpose of the church in, in my mind. Um, right. I, I, once, I once heard a story, again, go, sorry, I'm a, a little bit of a preacher. Uh, so I, my pastor tells this story, though. Um, I, can't, I can't tell as good as he does, but that there's two guys standing beside a fire, and, and one of the guys is, is a pastor, and the other guy's sitting there saying, I just don't understand the purpose of church, right? I can be, I can love Jesus in my own home. And, and the, the old pastor actually pulls a coal from the fire and he just lays it to the side and, and they kind of sit there in silence for a moment. And the, the pastor looks down at, at the, the coal and he's like, do you notice anything different about this coal and the other coals in the fire? And he's like, yeah, that one's went out. And he's like, exactly. We, we gain our heat from being with the other coals, right? Church is the place that we go to get uh, reignited where we mm. surround ourselves with other believers and, and they'll, fuel our fire like I, whenever i meet someone and i talk to them like oh i'm a christian but i don't go to church i immediately in my mind think i've got to pray for that person yeah because a christian without a church is is just a target for the enemy right like if you don't have anyone else to build you up the world will tear you down so mm-hmm. in, in my mind i might have might have went a roundabout way but in my mind like the, the purpose of the church is uh is to build up um, the, the followers of Jesus, right? And I believe it's to make followers of Jesus. Absolutely. We, we make and equip, right? So we make followers of Jesus, then we equip them to go out and change the world. Hmm. Um, so when you come into a church, that should be the place where you're built up and you leave on fire to change the world, right? Because the, the nice. Acts 2 church didn't go and listen to teaching and then go about their day and do their farming. They went out and changed the world from there, Yeah, right? They, they kind of went out, got built up, and, and then changed the world from that point. So I, I think the purpose of the church is to go, 
to make make disciples and then equip them to go out and make more disciples. Yeah, that's good. That's a good opening one. Cool. I want to read what the actual question was in full. I got it. Finally found it. Found it here. Okay. But Pastor Houston, do you have um, a couple of things from being the gatekeeper that you want to kind of share from from what Chat's saying here? Got on all this. Yeah, um, <clears throat> a couple of things. Uh, the Allen effect uh, had a good point, and he mm -hmm. even clarified that he knows the answer, but. Uh, he said, define things like evangelize, outreach, worship, the saints, discipleships, a lot of Christianese there. Then yeah. later he said, thanks, I know the answer, but if your target audience is people that don't have a relationship with Christ yet, you'll want to mm -hmm. uh, unpack all of those terms. Right, right, and exactly. Th th that's a good point. Right. So um, so just just quickly, let's let's kind of run through those things. Uh, um, and y'all, you know, feel free to jump in. I don't have to do it all. But evangelize uh, is sharing the good news. It's mm -hmm. it's. Um, you know, preaching to the lost. It's reaching the lost with, with the good news. Um, or I shouldn't should even say like, the good news. What is the good news? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the gospel, the so, message that Jesus is our savior, all that, the gospel. Uh, outreach, so being the hands and feet of Jesus, uh, you know, uh, sharing God's love with people, uh, taking care of widows and orphans, you know, uh, feeding the poor, helping those in need, that kind of stuff. Outreach, helping helping people basically worship um doesn't just mean you know four songs but uh getting together and, and taking time where we set our eyes our hearts our spirit on god and we give him the worship that he's due and you pick your own worship pose i can't do them all in this small frame you know you do the the rocky the hands up you do the one hand you do you know there's all the different little right. yeah the coffee in one hand and the hand <laughs> raised in the yeah. other yeah exactly uh the saints so uh those who are the born again body of christ uh believers who have come to a relationship a saving faith in jesus um discipleship so um teaching uh the word teaching the word to the saints to the body um uh, helping them to grow in their faith and become more christ-like uh yeah so well, perfect all right be those quick killing answers to those that by the way that was a great point that we should watch watch what we're saying i don't even remember what i said but i'm, I'm sure there's a lot of christianese in there yeah yeah Good point stop yeah. speaking yeah. a foreign language i'm right. sorry i'm sorry <laughs> all right Been in church too long now yeah. <laughs> so, it changed me so to give more context as we continue to really unpack this like i said i feel like it's it's like ripping back layers of like an onion here we're kind of like starting with very general bold statements and then even like defining like again like we're doing here with what Pastor Deuston's saying here, what he's pulling out from chat of like, all right, well, we have to really define what some of these things are and what they look like. And in my mind, I'm even already thinking of, of you know, another way we can go there of like, is it is there a wrong way to even do church? You know, if, if some of these things are being met or not, or, you know, only half a church does one of these really well, is that considered a church that is, is healthy and is following the calling? We can get into all this, but I want to read the question first. Uh, here's what the actual uh, message was that came in for us. It said this, it says, uh, what is the purpose of the church in 2019 church being the body of believer believers meeting regularly? I work at a church where we exist for the outsider, meaning we do everything on Sunday with the mentality that we will see non-believers for the first time walk in our doors. We create opportunities for them to engage with biblical teaching that connects where they are in life. We equipped and lead the believers at our church to understand that life and programming is not about them. But instead, we teach to go share the gospel and invite their friends to interact with Jesus at church or at a small group. 
We do not water down scripture at all, but we also uh, not using, but we also do not use our Sundays to make Christians into feeling better Christians. We encourage our believers to invite, bring others, and grow in their faith. Our discipleship process is small groups, but since most non-believers encounter our church on a Sunday morning for the first time, we use that information to create those chances for them to encounter Jesus. So back to my question, what is the purpose of the modern-day church? Thoughts. I re reason I ask is because many churches exist for the insider, making people who are searching for faith feel estranged when they, visit, when they come to visit someplace. They hear language they may not be used to, tradition, traditions that are not understood uh, in Christianity, uh, and be alienated, alienating to a non-believer. So what are your thoughts? So you guys kind of heard, you know, this person who's worked at a church before or does work at a church, um, where, where their main motto, their tagline is, we exist, uh, what was it? I don't want to get it wrong here, but we exist for, we exist for the outsider, what do you guys think of that, you know, with, with now having that full context there? We've talked about what is right. the church, our initial thoughts on what the purpose is of the church. Now let's get even continue to zoom in here of what do we think of, of that motto and kind of um, where, where they're at. Uh, we'll start on, on the other end now. Dr. Uh, Dr. Heels, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I actually really like that, um, that style of church because there's a couple of things there I, I want to add. It, there's a couple of things there that I do like. Um, like there's some churches that they're they're just put on a show and mm -hmm. they bring in a lot of people. That he actually mentioned that they do teach the Bible, and I think that's huge because it you you've got to take that step past um, it, past salvation, right? You can you can be saved and still fall back into a life of sin, right? You've actually got to move forward in discipleship. You've got to, you've got to learn more about the Scripture, more about Jesus, more about that relationship you have. And then he mentioned small groups, small groups specifically for discipleship. That's what I just read in Acts two four in two forty. There, mm -hmm. that was small groups, right? That wasn't they weren't at the temple worshiping. They were in homes with other believers. That was that was faith happening in small groups. So I believe there is a lot of discipleship. So it sounds like that church has a lot of it. A lot of it together, right? They they have something invitational for the non-believer to come in. Uh, then they also have that they're actually teaching the word, so the non-believer can grow. Hopefully, they can meet Jesus, find salvation. But then they can grow. Um, they have. I, I would. I would still like. I feel like you can do both, though. Like you can. You can both reach the unbeliever and teach the believer too. You know, like mm. I, I feel like discipleship can still be had on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Even if the focal point is the outsider. Um, and of course, I haven't seen their service, so I'm also I'm speculating a ton right here. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know exactly how it looks, but I, I also I, I don't think it's right for a church to be completely insider focused because you're the, the the purpose of the church is to go and make disciples of all nations, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we're only hanging out with our friends, we're we're not reaching right. uh, the unbelievers. So uh, I mean, overall, I, I like and and that's really kind of the style of my church too. So I I, I do support it and yeah, and I like it. Father Anhar, what about you? I know you just started at a church recently, a new one. And so, mm -hmm. you, you know, I'm sure they have a culture as well. Um, does, is this similar <laughs> yes. to, to that? Or is this, you know, is this something that for you, you find important that, they, that a church should be doing? What are, what are your thoughts on, on this response and this question here? Yeah, it's interesting because I, I did a little research too on this, on this question and, and kind of did, I mean, I do what anyone in my generation does these days. And if you want to know something, you just go type it in Google and see what happens. Right. And and there were there were some interesting things that popped up, and I found an interesting article that talked about the balance between reaching reaching outsiders 
and and like lifting up insiders and and that if you go all one way or all the other way that's that's not the point of the church it's a mix of both mm-hmm. and and so i think i mean to some extent if anyone walks into a church that has that doesn't have any experience in christianity they're going to feel lost and confused because you're preaching the gospel and that's completely foreign to anyone that's not a believer and and they're going to hear it and, and unless the spirit's moving in their heart they're it's going to seem ridiculous um but you still need to reach out to people that walk in that don't know what's going on i don't think i don't think churches should not use christianese while they're in a church service maybe explain some of those christian terms while you're there um to kind of help because knowing that there's going to be non-believers in the audience there's going to be people there that don't know anything about christianity but i i don't think that there should be the you know the complete like like worship songs should be I think about I think about it from a perspective of of worship music. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think worship music should be biblically accurate. And and I don't think that there should be like oh this this cult this song I heard on the radio is kinda cool and it's just like a, a, a fun secular song. I don't think that should be played at a Sunday service. Mm-hmm. And and I and a lot of this that I'm saying isn't necessarily what I'm assuming is going on at this church or any church. It's just as I'm, as I'm like, as I was thinking through this question, um, I think there needs to be a balance of up, uplifting the believer and, and, and encouraging them and sending them out into their everyday lives equipped to, to handle whatever situation they come across in, but at the same time, welcoming and, and inviting to people that are sitting there going, I have no idea what's going on. Um, if that makes sense, that was a lot of yeah. words, but no, no, I think that's good. I think that's <laughs> no, a I good, yeah, it's a good answer yeah. there, Pastor Deuston, uh, What about for you? What what do you ha- did you make of your initial <laughs> thoughts? And as you kind of wrestled with this question, you know, we we've kind of been looking at it. Um, this question was one of the early ones that came in. What did you kind of think of the initial thought of of a church that really leans into we are a church that exists for the outsider here? Yeah. So, kind of my my. My gut reaction to it was, hmm, I've always, you know, pictured church being more uh, more for the equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry to reach the outsiders. But um, I, I think like uh, both of y'all were saying so far, I think I think it's good to have a healthy balance because, yes, you do want the lost to come to church. And once they're there, you want to present the gospel in a way that they can understand. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you know speaking Christianese over their head, you're teaching the Bible in a way that they can understand. But at the same time, you're, you're, uh, a lot of your focus does need to be on equipping the body to do that work of the ministry to reach the lost and to invite people to, to the church so they can hear the gospel. You know, so, so there's both. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're like 100% focused on the outsider, then that's... I don't know. Like, like I, I think it, it could be unhealthy if it's at either extreme. Right. Like, obviously, I think the classic example is the one that's inward focused because yeah. you know an inwardly focused church, it's just you know it's dying. Um, then you yeah. get into the whole worship wars and arguing over the carpet and literally all the yeah. you know classic stuff. <laughs> should it cross yeah, me up? Should it not? Yeah, all the stupid stuff that people start arguing about and whatever, and then the <laughs> church just spirals into death. Um, 
but then at the same time if it's if it's completely outwardly focused and again like like i think it was dr heel said we're you know uh speculating a lot um mm -hmm. but it would seem that unless there is a like a specific time like a, a wednesday night meeting or something that is focused on discipleship then it's it's almost like a um what's what's the word i'm looking for like like those big tent meetings kind of thing is what i would think of like, like it's a big uh revival yeah yeah like like that's that's how i would picture that 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 would work but again i i don't know um so i think as long as there's a good healthy balance between both where like we were saying earlier when we were talking about the purpose of the church we were saying you know there is the worship aspect there is the evangelism aspect and the outreach aspect and the discipleship so i think as long as there's all those components right um I, I think it's good but also and sorry we're all pastors so we can all talk forever and we all have a <laughs> microphone in front of our face um if <laughs> if we uh and it's not soapbox time. I'm just talking. Um, <laughs> but if like, <clears throat> and at the same time, I am blonde and I totally just spaced on what I was about to say. <laughs> also, I'm like, wait, did his mic cut out? I really <laughs> did. It was a good point too. <laughs> it, oh, it'll come back at some point. I'm I know sure. it, was good. it will. Yeah, it, yeah, will. it will. We're going to be like two topics later and you're going to be like, wait, I remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's go back. Time. I remember yeah. what I was going to say. Rewind 30 minutes. Um, yeah. I think what, what's, well, what's interesting here is, is we see in our world, in our culture, this, this is true <laughs> in a lot of other ways that like we, we, for whatever reason, it's so hard for us to live in a, both and world where where two things can exist coincide together and it's not art well you have to choose one or the other right like like you can look at this in, in any name or fashion when you see like you, i've seen signs before and, and again please chad don't read too much into this but you know where it says women are the future you know and i'm like great yeah yes you know i hope more than ever we can love on women we can empower women we can encourage them but then you see that where those types of truths get taken to the extreme and it's like well then you know, to, we need to suppress masculinity or we need to, you know, do all these other things. And it's like, well, why can't we have a value for women where we appreciate them and uplift them and encourage them? But also for men, it not, men don't have to be, you know, you watch any movie, Disney show, whatever, the men are always bumbling idiots that are out of touch and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of aloof, you know, dads are, are dumb. Um, and mom's the one who, you know, you look at any, any commercial, she has a baby in one arm on the phone, answering another problem and also helping dad, you know, in his, in his struggle to just put the crib together or whatever, you know, and, and we do that. And we see that in, in the, in the massive arguments there are in the world. And I think that seeps into the church as well, where we see it. Okay. Well, are we an outward church focus or are we an inward church focus? And like, we have to choose one or the other here. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, I think we, we get ourselves into trouble here when we, lean too far or or really um lean one too far too far one way or the other uh and so uh, you know i think uh, chat's been saying some of this here um but it makes me think of of paul as he's writing these letters to all these churches right and each one is is has a natural incline towards something that they do really really well and paul praises them for that and he allows them to he celebrates with them and like hey you guys have been a generous church that have helped out and you know and but here's where you lack and he also goes into into allowing them to be challenged and using other churches to be like here's what you need to grow in you know as iron sharpens iron we see that on a on a personal level but i think also in a church level to go hey here's what this church is doing really really well you know and and not that you need to be that church but here's what you could work on here and paul continuously challenges 
uh, the churches that he writes to in his letters. And so that was like something for me that like right away that I thought of, like, you know, it's not, it's not a one size fits all uh, mentality, but there are things that we are called to do and ways that churches are going to be naturally inclined to lean towards. Question. Right. Yeah. Good, good words. I liked mm -hmm. it. I, and as you're, as you're talking, I had this thought of, do we, and this is, this is like, this is over generalization. This is over. So I'm going to word it in a way that's probably not the best. But do you think that there's a level of at least in in an American church culture that the view of God is too small, and we get too focused on everything else, and we forget that we go to church. We we go to church. Wow, I'm I'm getting on myself for that. We we come together as a body to worship God. And we forget the magnitude of God and we get so caught up in everything else that we forget why we're even there in the first place. Right. Oh, are you saying people in general or pastors? Um yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, would say, I would say it's true. I'd say it's true to both that. Yeah, I would I would say I would say to, to some extent it's probably both because mm -hmm. I mean there's pastors that get caught up in, well, I have to deliver a good message today. Mm -hmm. Or 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 you get up the people in the audience that are like I, I, you know, I come here to, to make sure that I get filled up, right. you know, that I get taken care of, that my needs are met when if it's, it's not about us, it's never been about us. The Bible is not a 66 book, uh, collection of stories of humanity. It's a story of how God redeemed. It's, it's about God. It's not about us. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that we as in pastors and just people in general, just forget about that quite often. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Very why no, it's why we have the issue where, you know, like 80% of the work is done by 20% of the church, you know, like, cause so many come mm -hmm. just for that. I want to be served and not actually serve, not help out and do things. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, mm -hmm. that's huge. We, I want to take a second. Uh, cause I know chat's like flying here. Pastor Houston, <laughs> yeah, you're, taking notes. <laughs> you're taking notes. All right. Let, hit, yeah. hit us with some of the big things that people keep saying in chat as it's flying by here. Okay. So, um, yeah, Ferris was just saying, uh, kind of to, to yours and my point, uh, shadow said, Pastor Houston, super shadow is saying best of both worlds be both right inside and outside but no one is really doing that well. So which way should we lean? Yeah, no, I think that's as good. far as inwardly focused or outwardly focused. Yeah. If, if we're, we're all saying that we do need to have this balance, which way should we lean? I think that's a what good question. Thoughts? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good question. And, and I mean, that, that might be where we, we see some differing opinions too. Um, I mean, my vote would be, outwardly focused and maybe it's because i've preached on the, the 99 and the lost like three times in the last month but <laughs> but I, I mean like it just it keeps popping up but for for me it's you know jesus is uh you know the the prodigal son the the 99 sheep the the lost coin a lot of his messaging to the pharisees was you know jesus came for the lost and I mean, a lot of his messaging for the church too was to to go after the lost. And I mean, I believe we definitely, and that's the thing is why we need it both because you need the saints to be built up because one person can't, you know, right? us individually, like God can reach people, but us individually can't reach the world by ourselves. So we need the church to be built up. Mm -hmm. um, but I know, I, I don't know. I mean, of course I was saved like five years ago to an outwardly reaching church. Right. So I'm also yeah. a little bit biased to, 
to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say, so there's, there's a really good book that I've mm -hmm. encouraged a lot of people in churches, and it's something we've used even here in GMA. Uh, it's called God Dreams. It's written by Bird Williams and Michael, his last name's John Blake. But if you just type in God Dreams book, mm -hmm. uh, Williams, it should come up. But in this book, he talks about how every church, just like we're saying here with people, like everyone has a, an inclination, you're, something you're just naturally going to lean towards. Um, and that's great. And that's good. That means the culture of your church is this thing, whether that's discipleship, you know, you, you guys are really good at, at mentoring and training each other, or it's, you know, being outward focused and evangelism and, and being able to talk to a lot of people and bring them in, you know, um, and that's great. But, but um, what he talks about in this book is how there's basically like 12 different templates that he kind of lays out there. Are you a church that has, uh, and it, and it kind of has you evaluate, and I'm not going to break down all 12 right now, but basically these different uh, templates and models of t types of churches there are. Are you a church that's really reaching the lost? Are you a church that helps out in crisis? Are you a church that really has a heart for X ministry, whatever it may be, whatever it may, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and he goes, and, and if that's, you know, where the heart is, and this is the type of church, or he has like the example of discipleship and, and some of those other things, he goes, then everything your church should be doing should be geared and focused to to building that up and doing that. And that's great if you have an inclination on these other things. So for example, like my church is, I would say very outward focused. It, it was very like, um, I think just naturally because of who my senior pastor was kind of like mm -hmm. you, uh, Dr. Heels, he got saved in college through crew. And so he's just had a real big heart for outreach ministry. Yeah. And so I think that from coming from the top down really made it. So our church was just really excited to share with everybody and anyone to go out and to do that. And so we I, naturally through the last seven years have done that really, really well. And it wasn't until we read this book and sat down and go, man, what do we see that, that biblically God commands us to and where are we falling short? And we realized it was in the discipleship ministry aspect, which for me was, mm -hmm. was huge. Cause I, that's my heart is mentorship and discipleship. And I think that's where the most growth can happen because when you're mentoring someone, you have, you can't be fake. It, you can't just mm -hmm. put on your happy Sunday morning face. You have to be real and you have to be able right. to get open up with these people. Otherwise it's not going to work. And you have to know your Bible mm -hmm. in, in order to actually be able to teach and help somebody um, out. You can't just give a quick 20 minute sermon or 30 minute sermon and, and leave. Cause there's questions that follow up with it. Um, and so right. it was huge that we were go, okay, if we want to be a church that is reaching out, one of the phrases we use is, you know, reaching the 90, uh, reaching, uh, reaching the loss, um, reaching the one, but we also want to mm -hmm. be a church that is really focused on the discipleship aspect. Well, what do we need to change in our church to do that well? And so again, it, it's this combination of like, if, okay, if we're supposed to be doing both and, but we're not leaning or we're not doing one right, I, I think it's important to identify, here's what our church does well and naturally, so, and, and we don't need to... Um, you know, we can, we can be there to encourage it, but we don't actually need to put a lot of resources or support into it. Um, because here's an area of the church that we know God calls all churches to do well and, and actually needs some loving in our church. And so again, I think it's, it's important going back to Paul, right? He never just said, all right, this church, you know, was perfect. This is the perfect church. Um, and, and you guys are doing everything right and just keep doing right. the exact same thing, right? There were churches that each had their own issues and their own problems and circumstances based on where they were, whether that was persecution, whether that's, you know, sexual immorality or, you know, <laughs> a number of different things uh, or, or just their worship grew stale in and of itself. And so mm -hmm. um, I think, I think looking at that, looking at the letters that we see in the, in the new Testament here, especially even in, in the book of revelations here, we see, you know, um, him writing even more. And, and addressing the churches there uh, as well, um, I think is something that, that we should model and that we should be, if we're in a position of leadership, be excited and want to identify, here's what we can do really well and here's what we can still work on. Mm -hmm. I know that was kind of a long-winded answer, but that's 
that's kind of where I'm at with with right. this. Uh, Father Earnhardt, did you have something you wanted to add on or kind of say to this? Um, no, I think I mean I think I think a lot of that makes sense, and I've been kind of eyeing chat and and just just peeking at what people are saying, and and it just it seems to come back to to balance because there is you know we're called to make disciples of all nations, and we're called to equip and and encourage the local church and 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 what does that look like and then then i think it comes down to time and place like when do we do that and you know i feel like i don't know there's 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 a level of balance that i think the local church needs to have on a sunday morning or sunday evening or whenever the church meets yeah Um, and because if, if we're not encouraging believers on when when the church meets then then they're not going to not that they can't go out and reach people but there's there's not going to feel equipped to do so yeah and if we're not reaching the people that walk in the front door and that aren't believers then you know just we have to be able to reach them as well and how do you do that without sacrificing biblical truth and 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 speaking christianese but there's and it's and i think that comes down to the church the church everyone in the local body acting as believers and 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 reaching those that walk in the front door i i attended a a first impressions seminar two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and and it one of the things that hit me is that um when when the church is reaching out to new people when the church when someone new walks in the door it's not the greeter's responsibility to engage with that person and it's not the usher's responsibility it's everyone's responsibility it doesn't matter if you've signed up on the volunteer team if you see a new person and you're not on the greeter team you still go talk to that person and you make sure they have someone to sit with during the service and you make sure that you ask their name and you remember their name and, and, and connect with them and, and all that kind of stuff. It's everyone's responsibility. And right. I think that comes out that part of reaching the non-believer in the church service is how, how we do that as a church while still, you know, the worship and, and the service and or the sermon is all still tailored towards building up and encouraging believers. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, for sure. For sure. That does make sense. And I think it's important, right? Like, as we're saying this, it's it's a level of how we model that from the top down, right? If from mm-hmm. how is the pastor doing? It? Is he just because I think it's really easy. I, I know my personality is, is I'm a doer. I, I It's much easier for me. I incline to just do something, you know, instead of taking the time to to train others to be like, no, here's why I'm doing X, Y and Z on uh, having to take that time and step back. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important that we do that to model that and train that for others to see that it isn't just the pastors that are should be doing these things, but all of us as the body of Christ are to represent and do that well. Right. I think that's really huge. So thank you for that, Father mm-hmm. Earnhardt. Uh, Pastor Deuston, do you have something you want to add? If not, we can go on to another comment here that, that you've kind of been saving and collecting. Um, well, I'll kind of do both at the same time because I'll just point out a couple of comments that, that um, some people have said that are answers to this question and uh, I think really hit the nail on the head. Got Fuzz and Deadly Deal Gaming have both kind of been saying it in different ways, but that um, you know, a lot of people bring their friend or family or lost person to the church for the pastor to disciple and teach them. And so they're like, here, you need Jesus. Let me bring you to the church and introduce you to someone who can help you with that. Yeah. But uh, if, if we as 
as uh, pastors and as the church body, if we are equipping the saints to go and do that work, then it's not all on us. You know, we can only reach so many people. We can only mentor so many people. We can only disciple so many. But if we're training other people and equipping the saints to do that ministry, then they're able to go out and they make disciples. And it's the multiplication effect, you know, Mm. branching off of everybody instead of just off of one person. Um, So, yeah, I, I think that's to go back to the initial question. I think that would be a more inward leaning answer. Um, but, but I think that is a really good point that, you know, it shouldn't just be the pastors that are doing all that stuff. It should be the whole body. We should right. be teaching the body to mm-hmm. do that, mm-hmm. to be outwardly focused. I guess we're, <laughs> we're, uh, a lot of times inwardly focused so that the church can be outwardly focused. Yeah. If that makes oh. sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Was there another question or something? Another comment? Um, yeah, but it would kind of change the subject. If y'all already, (laughs) I mean, still not change the subject, but, um, get off of that specific question. Yeah, that's fine. We can, you know, we can rabbit hole a little bit. We want to engage with chat here and and we could, we could bring it back to this when we kind of catch up with, with a lot of the big questions that chat's asking or, you know, commenting on that we can kind of keep talking about. Right. Right. Um, Okay, so this one actually goes goes back a little ways, but I just didn't bring it up yet because of the way uh, our Gosh, conversation was going. But I think it was uh, the Alan. Oh, I'm sorry, I lost your username. Alan Ray. Not Alan. No, the Alan effect. Oh, the Alan the effect. Alan, mm. Yeah. Uh, said if, as individual followers of Christ, we all have different gifts, strengths, and weaknesses. Do you believe that individual churches have similar characteristics? Example, Church A is laser-focused on mission work. Church B's strength is leading people into relationship with Christ. Church C's strength is equipping followers of Christ. And if so, is that okay? Yeah. No, I think that's good. That's, oh, the, that's uh, You know, someone, someone want to... Father Einhardt, you want to take this one? You want to start yeah. this one off? Go for it. Yeah, I, I think of um, of First Corinthians, if I'm... If I'm if I'm thinking of it correctly, where Paul talks about there's many members, but one body. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, and he doesn't talk about how the body is different in each, in each spot, though he's, this letter is addressed to the Corinthians specifically, but he, he talks about there's, there's many different members and each does its own thing, you know, the ear and the eye and the arm and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think maybe unintentionally there's got, that's going to happen. There's going to be some church that maybe are better at one thing more than another, but I don't think it's supposed to be that way. I think if I think about like the church that I'm at now compared to the church that I was at, the church that I'm at now has a lot more work to do on reaching out into the community whereas the church that i was at was doing a pretty good job of being actively involved in the community and outreaching into the community um now i don't think my current church should stay there because they're not good at it i think that they should be moving towards getting better at outreaching into the community and 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 beyond the community as time goes on um so i i think that there's going to be there there theoretically should be enough people in a church that kind of make up the entire body to where there's all those different aspects of a church of of p- things people are good at in a local body now that doesn't always happen whether it's because of size or or maturity of the church or whatever 
but I, I don't think it's intended that one church should be laser focused on one thing intentionally while another one's laser focused on something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're hitting it kind of on the head here. It's it's what Paul seek to do again, right? Like we're saying, like he he was like, hey, you guys are doing this thing really, really well. You know, you have you have preserved, you have fought the good fight, you've been persecuted on all sides, but here's where you lack, you know? And so he he tried to tried to swing it back to being like, hey guys, again, like we are so like, okay, it's A or B, A or B, A or B, that that we forget that sometimes God just calls us to to be still, know he's the Lord, and and follow him and not have to go, it's this, it's one or the other, but go, no, the Bible speaks, you know, candidly about things that sometimes seem like a contradiction. Free will and sovereignty, right? One example of that. And and the Bible says, yes. Okay, well, which one is it? Yes. We see free will. We also see the sovereignty of God in there. And the Bible unabashedly proclaims both. And I think the same is true of inward focus, outward focus, inward focus, outward, and the Bible's going, mm-hmm. yes, do it. Right. Both. like All of the above. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, okay, anything, uh, Dr. Hills, do you have something you want to add on to that one too? No, no, I mean, I think he's, he's pretty on and, and kind of go off the other one. I think that, like, if a church, either way goes, if a church is inward-focused or outward-focused, it'll fail. There has to be a balance of both, right? right. Like, I mean, you can be as inward-focused as you want, but if you're never reaching outward, like, and that's why we build up to make an equip, right? We build our people up to equip them to, uh, to go out and make disciples. Um, but, yeah, I think it's sort of the same thing is that any church, like, Sure, you you might have a a tendency to reach a certain group of people. I think we kind of seen that with the difference between Paul and Peter in Scripture and just who they reached out to naturally. But I think that we still have to have a a balance of discipleship and evangelism, right? We have to have a balance of building up the Christians and teaching them, and reaching new Christians or reaching you know people that don't know Christ. Yeah, I think I think humility is a huge huge aspect in this um, when it comes mm-hmm. to churches because we have to be willing. To, to be open to that and and, mm-hmm. and be able to look at a, a fresh perspective to go, really, how are we? You know, maybe we think that we're really good outward focused or that we're really good inward focused or, you know, both. But really, how how is that in reality when we're not? Because we get so caught up sometimes in the middle of it or getting into it that we don't realize how it's being perceived or how it's actually being affected. Um, and we can, right. you know, we can make golden calves of things that, that really don't need to be, you know, golden calves in our lives. So... Mm-hmm. All right, but that's good. Uh, Pastor Deuston, do we have more? I don't know how many you had or had you, you lined up, but. Um, no, I mean, not, not really. It, it would, you know, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, there's a million things. Uh, if we responded to every single chat, we'd right. be here forever. Right. Um, but. You are uh, the gatekeeper. You can choose I, any I know, way this I conversation know. can go. Exactly. Um, Kind of on that, uh, to, to that same point, I remembered what I was going to say earlier. And it yes, actually is right here. Perfect. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I remembered it like 10 <laughs> seconds after I said I forgot. Um, I was just going to say that, that God uses all sorts of different things. Right. Like things right. that from the outside we might think or we might not agree with the way they do everything or that they do everything, mm-hmm. but God uses those things. Yeah. You know, God uses those things to reach the lost, to build up believers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Mega Church A and Mega Church B that do everything completely different are and rural church of you know fifteen uh, elderly saints right. do it this way and whatever and they all do it differently, but God uses those things. Yeah. So we might you know sit here with our checklist and say, well, I don't, I don't think that they're doing that correctly and their focus is off here and but God's using those things. So yeah, no, so, for sure. I think that's huge. That's a really good point, man. I I mm-hmm. totally that's that's really good. 
I think, you know, yeah, there's churches that I know that do like a Saturday night cowboy church, you know, which like would never yeah. work here yeah. in Chicago, but in Colorado, you know, th- that's, that's a huge outreach opportunity for them. You know, I think uh, going back scripturally, right. If you look at the church of acts when the Holy spirit falls on them, like, like if any of us, if any of our churches would have seen that, we probably would have been like what scripture says, the rest of the people around them, like thinking that these guys were mm-hmm. drunk at like nine in the morning, you know, like what is wrong with these people? Like, look at how crazy and silly they're being yet. Like that is what scripture records and puts in there. You know, mm-hmm. the Holy spirit fell on them. And that was a momentous moment for the beginning of, of church as we know it, you know? Right. Right. So no, I think that's, that's really good. Um, to, to help father or not father and heart to help out uh, pastor Deuston here a bit, guys, if you, if you are like, man, I really would love if we spent a night, really talking about X, Y, or Z, um, and, and put it in, do us a favor, uh, Kat, do we have the form in chat or exclamation point form? If we can have the command added in, uh, put it in there and we, we're going to try every Sunday, we're going to do a different topic here. And so, uh, just, you know, if you're, if we see yours is like, man, this deserves like a whole night to do that. Um, we're going to do that. So, cause again, if we try to answer every single thing or go down every single rabbit hole, mm-hmm. we'd be here forever. And, uh, and so don't yeah. hate pastor Deuston. He's doing it. He's doing the best he can with what he has. Okay. I'm trying to keep up. Yeah. He's got a cat in the microwave, you know, that he's got to get back to <laughs> at some point here, but, but yeah, so, uh, so Deuston, thank you. Thank you for doing that and, and kind of being the gatekeeper for today. Um, so, yeah. so bringing it back then, um, this third section here that I just kind of want to cover. A little bit then is as as we wrap this section of it up um like what are your concluding thoughts what what can we be doing better as churches as pastors as lay people as members of churches that want to see you know this this change and and this be done right or biblically what are some ideas chat feel free to throw them in there as well um and pastor Houston will, will kind of get to them when we get back to him uh we'll start with you dr heels Sorry, could you you repeat the question? Sure, sure. I was saying um, kind of concluding thoughts on this whole subject Mm -hmm. matter. What is the purpose of the church? And maybe some like Mm -hmm. applicable ways and things that the church can be doing um, both on from a leadership level as well as Mm -hmm. just a congregational level. Yeah, so I I feel like I might be repeating everything we've we've said, but I think the, the, the church itself has to be building up the saints, right? And I think we have to do that with with true, true Bible teaching, right? But we also have to be, I believe, outwardly focused too, where we're actually reaching new people, like reaching the lost. And, and I think one thing that churches don't necessarily do that well, and and I read it in a book, uh, Growing Young, if you guys have read it, um, is we have to practice like from a leadership level, keychain leadership, which is actually being willing to train up other leaders in your church, right? Be willing to hand the keys to a younger person and allow them, because I mean, right, none of us, no matter how, how good we are at what we think we do, that we are not going to be there forever. So if you're in church leadership, you need to be training up someone behind you, right? Yeah. That if God one day called you somewhere else, or if you got in a car accident, heaven forbid, right? That there's someone there that can take your spot, preferably someone that has a, a longer lifespan than you, right? Like it's one thing I love about youth ministry is I'm I'm seeing seeing these kids as they're growing, and I'm like, oh man, you would be an amazing youth leader. You'd be an amazing worship leader, and I'm able to kind of pour into these kids and hopefully raise up the next generation of ministers, right? Right. The the, the church only the church is only dying if we allow it, right? Yeah. We we need to be Oof. building up younger people, right? And they're not the future of the church; they are the church. Yeah. All right. Erase that mentality. Uh, sorry, youth pastor moment. Um, right. <laughs> but but yeah, my big thing is raise up leaders, man. These kids are amazing. They do incredible things. Don't look down on them. They are actually the church. Hmm. That could have been my soapbox. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> we'll let you have it, man. I'll give it back to you. 
All right, uh, Father Einhard, how about you? What What is one way, again, in concluding thoughts that you kind of have of what is the purpose of the church and what is something that we as a church could be doing to be more faithfully uh, applying that calling? Yeah, I this is this is a good question. I, I think about my the the new church that I'm that I've been at for three weeks. I think five two minutes. or three weeks. <laughs> five minutes, brand new. Um, it's it's. I think one thing that I've noticed about this this church, about the youth specifically, but possibly about a lot of the adults, is that people just don't know how to read their Bibles. Mm. Like people aren't taking the time to invest in their own spiritual walk outside of Sunday morning. Mm. And, and so they're, they're Sunday morning Christians and that's it. And, and I could be wrong. I've been there for three weeks and who am I to know the character of a church after two or three weeks, but that's what I think I'm seeing. And, and, and I think if people are really diving into the word and they're really digging in and, 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 trying to grasp what's there and all that. I think, I think the, the purpose of the church to reach others is going to, to flow from that. Because if you really believe that Jesus saved us from our sins, that he rose from the dead and he defeated sin and death and that we are made new because of him, you know, I think that as we, as we dive into the word, then that's going to seep into our lives and, and reach out into those around us. And, and I, I think I, yeah, I just see a lot of, at, at least at my local church, I see a lot of, of Sunday morning Christians not willing to make their faith a priority outside of their Christian bubbles, and even not even in those Christian bubbles, even in the small groups, they get pulled away to other things. Hmm. Um, so I think I think that's what I've I'm seeing. Yeah, no, that's that's a good word. That's true, right? I think a lot of times we we pick on Catholics to being like, oh, you're just you know like a christmas and easter catholics you just go you know throw back a couple hail marys and and you go back to your everyday life like i think that's more the stereotype but i think it, it's just as much uh, possible and real that there's a lot of christians that would call themselves christians would call a church their home but they really only mm-hmm. go there on christmas and easter and and you're right it needs to be way beyond god is way bigger than just sunday morning mm-hmm. yeah so pastor Houston, yeah. what about you um concluding kind of thoughts here uh, on this topic here um, and, and what you think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think y'all have, y'all have kind of nailed it. Um, but I mean, we, and Ironheart, I think that was a really good point that we do need to, to try and inspire a hunger for the word of God. Um, and then I was just, just while, while y'all were saying that I was turning over to uh, second Timothy and that, that whole charge preach the word, mm. you know, um, and just reading through that. I mean, I think, as as we do that as leaders as we keep god's word <clears throat> god's word our focus and our preaching um that that inspires that hunger in people and then as people get into the word for themselves they do you know they they see those things that you're talking about and they do uh understand the good news and then they have that desire to share that with others um so as we as we equip the saints um uh I mean, the, the, the church, it grows, it grows because of that, because the body is functioning in a healthy way. Um, and then to go back to something Ferris said a long time ago in this chat, um, <laughs> whenever we were first talking, cause it fits here. See, I made these notes for a reason. That's good. I'm uh, glad. 
because uh, he was uh, talking about on the the more outward focused side, um, talking about how the gospel is is always preached and always presented. And he said the gospel always feeds the saints when heard, or it mm. should. When our hearts grow tired of hearing the gospel, then we should be concerned. Right. Um, so I, I think that's a great point too. That uh, you know we're teaching the word, we're working through God's word, helping to inspire that hunger, and uh, but at the same time we're always keeping the gospel in front of people. That's reaching the lost. God uses that, and uh, um, it should, like Ferris said, it should edify us as believers every time we hear it. Um, and we don't have to hear it a, a different way or a unique way every time. It's it's just it's the good news. I mean, we should be rejoicing every time we hear it. Right. Um, so. No, oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I think that's important, right? I think it's it's that humility aspect of as believers that I think, you know, we keep having, having to come back to of it, it, do we get to this point in our Christianity? And I, I feel like sadly this settles in really early on for some people, especially I feel like those who, and, and this could just be a stereotype that I've seen, but those who have grown up in the church or, you know, their parents were Christian and, and they kind of are like, well, yeah, I grew up hearing, you know, about Noah and Daniel in the lion's den and, you know, Gideon or whatever, you know, and, and right. they kind of go be and say they they're beyond that now, you know, like that was my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I heard those stories and there's not really anything there for me. And yeah, you know, I could hear Jesus died for me, but that doesn't do anything because mm-hmm. that humility aspect, I think is getting pushed out of the heart from, from an aspect of, of pride and arrogance of, I, I know all that already, you know, there's nothing there for me. And I think that's so huge that we should be coming back to the gospel over as we're as we're learning as we're growing as we're discipling as we're outreach you know outward focused as well and, and we should be able to come back hear the gospel and let that motivate us and crush us in some ways to to start rebuilding us and reshaping our hearts closer to the, to what god yeah. is calling us to yeah hey and shadow something you just said made me made me think about that verse in hebrews uh five it says for though by this time you ought to be teachers you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have uh, come to need milk and not solid food yeah. for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he's an infant, mm-hmm. but solid food is for the mature who, because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Um, so yeah, I don't even remember what the thing was that you said now. But, uh, <laughs> uh, saying that, that we sometimes do need to come back, that that humility aspect yeah, needs okay, to be, you. you know, and that, that would kind of be my, my answer is that I think regardless of, of where your church is at the moment, I think there needs to be a humility mm-hmm. aspect that, that we can model, whether you are a pastor in a church, whether you're an elder or a leader, or you're just a, a congregant member who feels very strongly about here's what our church needs to be doing. And I think that that humility can, can speak volumes. Um, it, it may take time for others to see that humility play out, uh, you know, cause, cause pastors and leaders can have a million other things, you know, usually <laughs> Sunday morning that's running through their minds. But over time, I think God can and will convict people more and more to be like, Hey, you know what? This guy's been wanting to do this and he hasn't pushed it in, in a way that's like, Oh man, just got to throw that in the truck of like a million other things I need to get done. But like, man, God, okay. Yeah. This guy's modeling that humility and maybe I need to take mm-hmm. some of that myself and take some of that same medicine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is chat saying? Uh, we can kind of pick up some of their things because I did say chat throw in there as well. Uh, Pastor Houston, yeah. what are you seeing? Well, then they started rolling the eight ball all over the <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. But chat. yeah, I mean, chat is, is uh, you know, for the most part, part agreeing with, with, our, with our points about these things. Um, but yeah, chat, chat does what chat wants exactly. Chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I didn't copy anything during this last little section, but 
Uh, yeah. Plus, it was it was moving pretty fast. No, you're good. You're good. All right. Um. So let uh. That's that's gonna kind of cover it for this initial section, guys. I'll kind of remind you again. If you have some really big questions, we're like, man, this would be really good to have all of us talk about it and to be able to spend the time going over it. Please, please, please fill out the form. We would love to have. Uh, as many questions as we can that we can dig into every Sunday. This is the first of many, many more that we'll do. And it can only get better, I think, <laughs> at this point. It can only get better. Maybe. We might get closer to starting Maybe. on time. <laughs> uh, but we'd love to have both that as well as, guys, if you aren't in the GMA Discord or in any one of the discords mm -hmm. that we have here that has a prayer section, please, please, please jump in there. Throw your prayer requests in there or throw them in chat as well because uh, we will in a little bit be praying uh, over these things. And, and I think, you know, where two or more are gathered there, you know, it's, scripture says there he, uh, God will be. And so we would love to be able to pray for you guys. If you want to put it even anonymously, you can put that through the form as well. Um, and so we'd love to just be praying with you guys. Again, our, our goal here is to stimulate a good and great online community experience so that you guys can, can desire that back in your local churches and bring that back to your local churches. Um, but... Uh, as we continue on here, I just want to take a minute to kind of do a soapbox. I got, I have the honor today of not just being your host of the show, but also kind of doing our first soapbox. What we're going to do here in this time is I just kind of want to, we're going to allow a pastor every week to kind of share just something that God has really placed on their heart um, and, and give them a few minutes. It's not a full 30 minute sermon, but just a few minutes to to share with that and give these guys a minute to kind of drink some water or do what they need to do, go to the bathroom. And then uh, we're going to engage with that as pastors, as well as uh, with chat for a few minutes um, and kind of see what you guys uh, think about this. And so um, as I was praying about it today um, and kind of thinking about what do I want to share with chat? What, what has God really placed on my heart in these last few days, especially as we've been talking, uh, I knew we were going to be talking about this question on the church and, uh, and which way should we do? What is the purpose of it? How should we be leaning? And uh, and God just kept bringing this back to mind. Um, and so about three years ago, uh, you, you know, I was about halfway into into my seven years at my church that I was at. I was about three years in, um, and so three and a half years. And something that they never really teach you in Bible school or in seminary is really for me uh, that I feel maybe I just missed or I glanced over because I didn't think it would be that important. But the number of funerals, I don't know about you guys. But the number of funerals that, that like our church has to do a year um, is, is kind of insane. And maybe it's just because, again, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, but I, I'll remember, and it's not like it gets easier as you do more and more. Um, but I remember doing a funeral, and this one has stuck with me. And uh, it was a guy not, not too uh, much older than probably any of us sitting in this room. Hmm. And, uh, and so he was a young guy. And as I, you know, my job was just to run sound and run the music and, and lead a worship song or two. Um, but as we kind of heard from family member after family member to just go and say, you know, I, I had no idea. And, and to hear these stories of how this person was loved and how, you know, people just looked up to him and saw him as, as a, this great person and to find out that he had committed suicide and a drug overdose um, mm. was really kind of heavy and hard. And, and as I looked and saw this kid, you know, like I said, I was like, that, that could be any one of us. And there he is sitting, and I remember going home and just with a heavy heart and, uh, and just opening my Bible and, and not really knowing what I wanted to read or, or check, um, God kind of led me to, to this verse. And, and here's, uh, it's John chapter 10, starting in verse 7. Jesus says this, So Jesus says again to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pastures. 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I'll repeat that because verse 10 was kind of what really stuck with me. Chapter 10, verse 10 of, of, of a John, not first John, just John. But again, it says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flee. And the wolf snatches them up and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I, may, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. And I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. And no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it back up again. This charge I have received from my father. I'll kind of stop there because Jesus goes on. Um, but, but just that few things, uh, if I could have just the, the next few minutes here. Um, I think uh, looking back on that funeral and thinking, man, here's, here's someone who sadly allowed Satan. <laughs> Satan came in and killed, <sighs> stealed, and destroyed this man's life. And it's so counter what Jesus says is that I've come to give life and give it abundantly here. And, and not, just, not just the you know, physical life, but the spiritual life also. And as we talk about the purpose of the church here, this idea here that, that as pastors, Jesus is the model of what a shepherd should be, what pastors and shepherds are to their congregant here, and what a challenge that is for us, for all of us, not just as pastors, but as believers and members of a church here. That when he says, you know, the hired hand, he just flees and leaves. He doesn't care, you know, when things get hard, when, when the issues come up, when, when the rubber hits the road, those just flee because he says that because they care nothing for the sheep. But here's what Jesus says that we should be modeling after. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in so that they may listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. I think that should be such a huge goal of the church that, that we would follow after and chase after what Christ is calling us to as the church to model that are we as pastors as members of churches ready to lay down our lives as well and ready to do that openly and available and and making ourselves available to continue to do that and and i think if our churches aren't doing what that what jesus models if, if we're not willingly making it so that people can have life and have it abundantly then are we even following what jesus was teaching and wanted to do or are we just another church that's come to steal, kill, and destroy because we get caught up in all the things we were saying, in the carpet, in the design of the sanctuary, in the worship song that we're going to choose this week? Um, and so that, that was kind of my soapbox there for a few minutes. Uh, what do you guys think um, kind of about this, uh, the challenges here that, that God calls us to, um, how it can relate back to the church in some way? Uh, I'll, I'll kind of leave it open for anybody. Man, yeah, I don't that's. Know that I want to follow that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it, it's man, it is tough, and you know, as pastors, one of the things that that we do as a shepherd of the body is, you know, we care for the body, and part of that is doing things like funerals. You know, mm -hmm. 
which is, I mean, you know, we can sit and talk about like, especially if you're not a pastor, it's easy to sit and say, well, I, I expect our pastors, our elders, whatever, to do this and this and this. But like whenever you're in that role and like you're trying to carry the burden of your church and love your church and take care of them, part of them is, man, you, you build relationships with these people. You love these people. And then whenever you have to do that and walk through those hard times with them, seeing how the enemy is killing, stealing, destroying lives. And it, I mean, it, it, it makes, you know, it's, that's hard on you, but at the same time, it, it should spur us to, um, do better, (laughs) to reach more people to, um, man. Yeah, to to be those the hands and feet to to help spread life to to do what God's called us to do and and to not let the stupid enemy take another one. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. To say it nicely, but yeah, I guess it's pastors after dark. We don't have to say anything nice, but yeah, yeah family friendly is off, nice. guys. We we can talk about it. I had you know how many uh, so so you guys kind of know this. I work you know right now also a non. Uh, church job just like an everyday job and someone was like hey so i was working on the show notes actually for us and uh and they're like oh what are you working on i'm like oh you know it's pastors after dark you know family friendly is gonna be turned off and they're like what type of questions are you gonna are you gonna ask are you gonna have <laughs> and so i just went to like the first like after dark thing i'm like at some point we're gonna talk about masturbation and whether or not that's a sin and they're like we're in <laughs> we're watching you guys are recording this for youtube right i'm like yes sure that's awesome <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> oh gosh nothing is off the table get your questions in today bring them in guys come on (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but uh so so that was my soapbox i don't know if anyone else wanted Mm -hmm. to engage with that or dr eels i think you were going to say something too sorry if i cut you off no no you're good no i was i uh gonna agree 100 like that's the the enemy came still kill and destroy that that is i think god says it it's the necessity of being in a local body right right it's sort of where where I started in the beginning is that we all need to be surrounded by believers and, and and as pastors that's why we have to be pouring into people like that that seem to be going in the wrong direction as well like I mean a lot of times I'll I'll spend uh, more time pouring into students that I see a, um, uh, a what's the word I'm going for a, a a tendency to to move away from the path of Jesus right. That, that I could see the enemy work. Like, I have a student that I'm, I'm extremely proud of. Like, you you have no idea. He reminded me so much of myself as a teenager. Um, for the record, I came a, became a Christian like five or six years ago. Uh, I was not a good person up until that point. Um, but he reminded me of myself as a teenager. And I remember just, I felt like God called me to him. I actually got to, speaking of free, uh, funerals, I preached his mom's funeral. So uh, we were, you know, we were close. Uh, but he actually just became a police officer, which every road of his life was leading him in the opposite direction. Like he probably couldn't tell you a member of his family that had not been to prison. Um, and he is now actually a deputy uh, in our town and forget how I got there exactly. But, but as pastors, I think we have to pour into the, the people that you can see the enemy leading astray, right? That the enemy does come to steal, kill, destroy that we should be pouring into the, the people that have those tendencies, I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's true. Father Earnhardt, do you have anything you wanted to kind of share? Or you're thinking about um... No, I, I, it's so interesting because it's being so, so new to, to being a pastor and, and my, my perspective currently of, of our local church is so much different than, than being there even for a year. Hmm. Um, 
and and so I I think I think I see I think being there early and based on the the current culture of of this church and the things that it's gone through I'm seeing more of that of the stealing and the dividing that, that that's kind of in the church right now. Yeah. I think, I think I heard, I don't remember where I heard this, but it was like it, when you, when you're a new a pastor at a, a new, uh, starting a new pastoral position, the people that come up to you right at like your first day and have all these ideas right. that they want to do for the church are the ones that you should not go to. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm really seeing so far. I mean, I I've encountered people that, that I've uh, come up to and we've had good conversations, but there's other people that have come up to me and I'm like, uh, and I just I just soak it in. And I listen, and and I think like there's there's so much division in this church. Mm-hmm. How how can we how can we come together, and how can we come together as a church and worship God, and then and then serve the community, and 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 yeah. So I I'm seeing it from a different perspective because I'm seeing it from a I'm three weeks in. Yeah, and and right. so I'm seeing things. Yeah, it's just in- interesting hearing all of that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's right. Like those are people too, you know, but you do have yeah. those, like, I need to talk to the pastor right as soon as the sermon ends, you know? And I think it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, you, one of two ways, either you're like really encouraged. They're like, Oh, there's someone who wants to be active or you're like, man, here's this person that wants to be active again, you know, like, and I want to mm-hmm. be able to talk to every, to other people too. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's uh, finding that balance again, too, of like, I want to encourage them to be active and, and you know work with us and not against the grain um but also to be to help them understand that like hey it's not just the church of you and me you know mm-hmm. um and, but, and i'll say this if you want to be loved by your pastor offer solutions not just problems right that's right thank <laughs> you i've been here i've been here three weeks and all i all i hear from is well this person said this and this mm-hmm. person said this and i it's not me it's all of them but but they're complaining i'm like yep yep how does this help anybody right right well i mean it, like for the longest time we had uh I, I just some personally at our church we had people come up and like we need to do more outreach we need to do more outreach we need to do more. i'm like okay are you gonna do it well no 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 but someone needs to yeah, and, no, and not then, me and then we had a couple of girls come up and they're like, we want to start a serve ministry. And I'm like, I love you. Um, my wife's right here, by the way. Um, and, and they did. And it's been amazing. Like, seriously, like they have taken it on full steam of head and, and they're doing it themselves. And we have a, a thriving service ministry now that is very outreach driven. Like they, they're going out uh, like this weekend to build a ramp for someone who's recently in a wheelchair, just someone in our community. They've gathered the, the handy men together and they're building a ramp. They took it on themselves to do that. Like yeah. be a solution provider, not a problem maker. For okay? sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I think uh, there was another good point brought up uh, by Fair Storm. Um, you know, we were going to do this in the beginning and then we were like, so like, let's get to the question. And now that we have some time to slow down and take a minute here as well, uh, I think it would be good. You know, we, we kind of heard a little bit of Dr. Heels, uh, t- a bit of the testimony there. And I've known, I think all of you guys, Father Earnhardt, you've been on Hear Me Out, right? 
Have you not? Not yet. Not yet. You're coming up. Uh, you know, we, ho well, we, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. You're coming. You're going to be on <laughs> on a Friday morning. Uh, 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 I'm, you're good. Just you'll be dead to me if you don't, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Blame Ironheart. <laughs> Hashtag blame Ironheart. We're bringing it back. Um, yeah, I would we would love to be able to just as a community be able to hear of, of all the stories here uh, of how you guys kind of, you know, I would say, let's not make this super long, but uh, just a bit of your testimony, how you came to know the Lord. Um, and, and really, I think a big part that a lot of people would wonder, because maybe a lot of people in chat are, are struggling with this or, you know, wrestle with this. I know pretty often uh, I get asked this, but like, when did you know you wanted to be a pastor? I think those, uh, mm -hmm. those two parts. Uh, testimony, when did you know you wanted to, be, wanted to be a pastor and get into ministry? What kind of got you there? Um, we'll start with you, Dr. Heels, because we kind of heard some of the beginning. And yeah. then we'll go, uh, I'll go second, and then we'll just kind of go down the line there. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to jump through this kind of quick. Um, growing up, I, I'm in Tennessee, so everyone is a Christian, right? Um, but so so I mean, if you would have asked me, I'd have checked the Christian box. But I was not a Christian by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't I didn't believe it, but I would have answered the questions right. Um, so I'd been to Easter service, been to Christmas service. I knew the stories, uh, but I was not a believer. Um, whenever I was 19, I got married to my middle school sweetheart. And by the time I was 21, she talked me into going to church. Um, we went to her old church, and that's the church we're still at currently today. Uh, we went to her old, her old church. We went for a couple weeks. Uh, I, I, I was there. I found the the preaching interesting, and it was it was very unlike any church I'd ever been to. Like I'd been to Grandma and Grandpa's church, and I loved it. Loved the people there. It wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. um, th this church, they you know had a guitar was the lead on stage, and the pastor came out wearing blue jeans. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. Um, and and so I was I was intrigued, and, and it kept me on for a little while. And finally, we stayed at a volunteer meeting expecting to pour coffee or hold open a door. And my wife's uh, old youth pastor came up and she's like, you're coming with me. I need help volunteering with youth. And I'm like, I don't like teenagers. Um, they're like, that's OK. <laughs> so we, we come on and and we start coming and helping out. And it's, it's maybe a month later that they talk about this conference coming up and it's youth youth pastor, uh, youth pastor summit, I think. And it was in Nashville. And we, we go to this uh conference and they come out and actually Ren collectives playing if you know Ren collective nice um yeah so they're they're like playing and a speaker comes out and it's like i feel at this moment dude's not even talking about salvation or anything close to it but i feel like a calling of jesus and it's at that point where i feel the calling of ministry yet i don't even know that i'm a christian yet so in order to feel that calling hmm. you know it, to, to feel like i had to accept that jesus was real and that what i had learned over the past several months was true and it's in that moment in that seat learning to be a youth pastor I surrendered myself to Jesus and then surrendered myself to ministry at the same exact moment. It'd be a couple of years later, my wife and I would take over the youth ministry full time. The, yeah. the previous youth leader moved to women's ministry and now we're all at the church serving together. And God has done amazing things in, in my life since then, like things I never thought possible. Hmm. Um, he's done. That's cool. So, That's yeah. good. That's awesome. I, I've I've heard this story before, so I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. checking. I remember yeah, some yeah, of this. Yeah. I remember, but yeah, it's it's cool to hear it again. Um, and that's awesome. So now you work full time mm -hmm. as a youth pastor at your church. Yeah. Right. I see like your Instagram yeah. pictures. I think pretty often. That if I think it's your Instagram that I see that you've been posting. Yeah. I, I post some stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I do um, youth pastor, teaching pastor, creative pastor, tech guy. You know, you know how churches work. Yeah, the generalists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So. Oh man, that's it's awesome. Amazing. Cool, cool. All right, I'll go and I'll try to make it quick so we can get to, to these two guys too. Um, you know, 
uh, grew up in a non-Christian home. Uh, Jehovah Witness was how my parents met in the Kingdom Hall. Uh, so I grew up kind of believing that God was just a very strict uh, rule giver. Um, I would never get to celebrate my birthday. Just we'd happen to like celebrate life on the day that I was born and not call it a birthday because that was against the rules. So we always try to find ways around it. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was born. Um, my dad, uh, growing up in the Kingdom Hall and being under that, really wanted some freedom. And a kid doesn't exactly help, uh, you know, give you, grant you that. So uh, at some point he held me. And after holding me, um, was able to sign all legal rights over to my mother. Um, and and growing up hearing that doesn't do a lot for your self-esteem. And so I uh, kind of grew up, you know, believing that, like, my dad didn't want me. And, and always feeling a little bit empty inside. And knowing, you know, thinking that as, as my mother got remarried and I'd see my brother and his dad interact and engage, I'd always long and think that that's what I was missing in life. I was missing the father's love. Um, a few years gone by, had gone by. I was around, like, seven or eight years old at the time. And uh, my parents had put me in T-ball and uh, I, you know, had no idea what I was doing. But what I noticed was that at my games, my dad would actually come and attend and it would get the attention of my father. And so I stuck with baseball throughout the years uh, because it, it brought my dad in. And this was a point of connection for us, a common ground. And, uh, and as years went on, my dad and my stepdad actually began coaching uh, baseball together um, for me. And there was a kid in our league. He was a grade older than me. His name was Tony. Every girl wanted to date Tony. Every guy wanted to be Tony. Every parent wanted Tony as their son. And uh, and one year, as my dads were picking um, you know, the team together, Tony was available. So they snatched him up and got him. And, uh, and I was so excited because I finally got to like become friends with him and our families grew really close. And, uh, and I wanted to be just like Tony, just like every other guy. And so he invited me to go hang out with him at a youth group. And I had no idea, you know, what it was. I'd gone to the Kingdom Hall before. My parents were out of it at this point. Um, and so he told me there would be two things there and that was all I needed to hear. One was food and the other was, uh, was girls. And so being 13 years old that's all i needed uh the food didn't even matter and so i just went and uh and hung out for a few weeks uh really enjoyed it and uh they were doing a concert now i'd never been to a concert before and um tony was like hey it's mostly for the you know high schoolers you're in sixth grade but we'll, we'll sneak you in and i was like great so we went and uh amazing great first concert this was back in like 2003 so bands like Hawk Nelson, KJ52, Toby Mac, Switchfoot were kind of all, Thousand Foot Clutch were all like the big bands at the time. Um, and so in the middle of all of it, they sat everybody down and they, I'll never forget a guy in ripped jeans and a Mountain Dew t-shirt and a Mountain Dew like a uh, trucker hat came up and he said, do you know how much your father loves you? In my head, I'm like, yeah, I know. My dad's been around the last five years, you know, kind of playing, coaching me. And I know, I, I get it. And uh, he goes, this is how much he loves you. And he showed a video of... Uh, Christ going to the cross and dying and, and I just broke in that moment and uh, and God revealed to me um, you know who he was I was 13 years old and although I didn't know everything it made sense to me and I committed my life to Christ that night um, in that in that room and so uh, since then the Lord's just kind of opened some amazing doors and later that same year I got to go to Moody Bible Institute uh, for a conference with a group of women uh, like a woman's Bible study and they just let me tag along and I thought it was the coolest thing that you can go to school and, uh, and study the Bible. Um, and so I knew at 13, mom, I don't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't know I wanted to be a pastor at the time. I'm like, but I know I want to go to Moody. And, uh, and that was the goal for the next five years. And during that time, God just opened up opportunities to be able to speak and, uh, and learn. And I really enjoyed preaching. And I thought, man, if I enjoy it, uh, I should probably go to school and study that so that other people can enjoy it too. Cause I probably wasn't that great when I started. Um, and so, yeah, so that was kind of when I knew, um, the gifts and, and that God had given me and allowed me to do that. So that's, that's my quick one there. 
Uh, Father oh. Reinhardt, we'll we'll go on to to you then. Are we we're doing call to ministry or, or testimony call to ministry? Testimony and call to ministry, kind of both. Like, when did you know? Oh my gracious! <laughs> <laughs> You're a pastor. Share your five minute testimony. Thirty minutes later. Okay. Um, yeah, I. It's interesting. I I I was saved from an early age. I I was raised in a Christian home and was always in church and went to like the Wednesday night programs and went to on mission trips in high school and did like the community projects and all that kind of stuff and um, gave my life to Christ when I was uh, young. It was it was some kind of summer camp and I don't remember exactly how old I was, but it was a summer camp and gave my life to Christ and. Um, I'm pretty sure the message had to do with the Chronicles of Narnia, and nice. and yeah, it was it was pretty cool. But that's that's when God really really convicted me, um, and but but lived a really shallow Christianity. Um, I I believe that I was saved really early on, but I didn't really grow in maturity for a long time, and even in high school. Um, was really self-serving and and was the church kid and did the good things. I didn't I didn't go like out drinking with some of the people that I was friends with and didn't go do this or that or um, with some of the other people. I didn't I didn't do anything like bad. I guess you could say, but I I definitely wasn't honoring Christ with my life. I was really looking after myself and and what were my needs and what did I want and. Um, it wasn't really until I got to college where uh, God used the college ministry that I was a part of to really just rock my world. And I, I saw for the first time what real authentic, um, authentic small groups looked like, what it looked like to be a Christian and say, hey, or to be a group, to be with a group of guys and have a guy say, hey, I, I struggle with porn. And I remember hearing that for the first mm. time and just like he's a Christian. He can't say that. Right. Like that's not, that's not right. That's not appropriate. Right. This, this is weird. And, and God used that. He's like, this is what like confessing your sin. This is what this looks like. Hmm. And, and God just like beat it in me. And, and eventually like I, I started to embrace that level of authenticity and, and really started to grow in my faith. And God used that, that ministry to, to to show me it's like hey you're going to be doing this for a living because if you're going to be doing anything you're going to be reaching out to other people and you're going to be encouraging christians and you're going to be sharing the gospel with people and that's that's what you're going to do and so i was at iowa state university and i wanted to graduate with a degree from there and so um after several changes i ended up graduating with an undergrad in psychology um which i now think is kind of useless but that's another story <laughs> um and and then went to uh, midwestern midwestern baptist theological seminary which the school the church that i was a part of they were like a branch campus a satellite campus of that seminary and so that was really like that was all i really knew I was like, why would I go? Why would I do anything else? And and did their online program. And so, actually, in May, I had just graduated with my my MDiv, and uh, started the church that I'm at about three weeks ago. <laughs> and so, I was doing a lot of interning um, while I was in school and stuff like that. But but it was really while I was in college that God really grabbed me by the collar and was like, "Listen, kid." <laughs> you're going to go into ministry like okay yeah. that sounds great yeah um 
and I've had a lot of I've had a lot of instances in my life where God grabbed me by the collar and was like, "You need to get your your head on straight, and you need to pay attention to what I'm telling you." Um, and uh, there's there's a whole another can of worms with that. There's there's a reason that my my internet name is Father Ironheart, um, and it has to do with just a big part of my life where God really grabbed me by the collar and and threw me to the ground and made sure that he knew. That I knew, and um, yeah. So that's that's the really quick flyover version. Trying to keep it gotcha. short. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> yeah. We're over time, so forget Pastor Deuston. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, time to use your 60 second sermon skills. Ready? Set? Go. No, no you, you got 60 time. second bio. <laughs> 60 second uh, testimony and reason for getting yeah. into ministry. Uh, okay, so the I mean the short version of it is I, I was. A, uh, a family of believers. My my parents raised me uh, to to know Christ, taught us the Word. You know, had family devotion stuff like that, and introduced me to Christ at a uh, at a young age. And so I couldn't pinpoint when it happened, but as far back as I can remember, I've loved Jesus and I've known He loves me. And um, so uh, I have a lot of like pastors in my family, grandparents. Oh, really? So as a I didn't kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you know, a bunch of leaders and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But so, like, as a kid, I always thought, oh, man, I'm going to be a pastor like, you know, this grandpa, this grandpa, this grandpa. Uh, but then as I got older and spent more time in church and saw how that's not all sunshine rainbows, <laughs> said, I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> no, no, thanks. That's that's not for me. Um, and uh, I spent most of my life playing tennis. And, like, the the whole goal and everything was for me to play tennis professionally. So a lot my parents, that's all they did. We traveled all over the country playing tennis and tournaments and stuff. And, really? uh, yep, yeah, so that was that was fun. That was my, I call it my previous life. Um, and then uh, I uh, went to college. And, um, you know, I'd been in church the whole time and, and all that. But whenever I went to college, I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do. I was basically going to college to play tennis just because I got a scholarship and I'm here to play tennis. And I guess I'll study something while I'm here. Uh, but while I, when I was 19, my uh, the uh, spring semester of my freshman year, uh, I felt like God was kind of stirring my heart for some form of ministry. And um, so you know, I was talking to my pastor about that. You know, what could that look like? And um, so he said, well, you know, spend some time praying about it and uh, said, OK, so I did something I wouldn't recommend, but I got like super specific with God. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll do it. But I, this is what these are my terms, God. And this is just kind of the way I was, did it. I was like, I want three distinct confirmations. Make it super clear, because if it's your will, I want it. If it's not, I, I don't want anything to do with it. And uh, so I don't even remember what happened the First two things, somehow something happened, felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, that's it. Uh, but then nothing happened for a long time. And mm -hmm. then my grandpa died, and we were on our way to the funeral. And like 10 minutes before we got there, I'm riding in the car with my dad, and he said, hey, why don't you speak at the funeral today? I was like, what are you talking about? I can't speak at a funeral. I've never spoken at anything in my life. What am I supposed to say? And the funeral is a know, great, great opening. You have such a, <laughs> such a lively audience. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll try. So I don't remember what I said or anything. All I remember is afterwards, uh, I was talking to people and there was some little old lady, I don't know who she was, but she came up and she said, you know, that was really awesome what you said. That was beautiful. You know, you should be a pastor. <laughs> and as soon as she said it, it was like the Holy Spirit was like, 
boom there you go there's yeah. number three get to it like, okay yes sir so yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> so i was already you know in secular university on tennis scholarship and stuff and uh so i was like well if i've got to go through these four years i can't speak in front of people so i probably need to learn how to do that so i got my bachelor's of science in communications uh, learned how to speak <laughs> nice. and uh because i was i was the kid in class who was like shaking you know before i had to give a speech or whatever i just couldn't do it um and at the same time i looked into uh, uh ministerial studies and stuff so i went through something called berean school of the bible through uh global university and did them through uh southwestern assembly of god university in waxahachie texas uh kind of did it correspondence um and uh got through all those studies, those four years of stuff while I was doing secular studies and uh, was ordained in 2014. It's hard to believe. That was five years ago. And I've been on staff at my church for, in January, it'll be 11 years. That's crazy. So nice. It's pretty awesome, pretty man. crazy. Yeah. But it's cool. Yeah. Little did so you that know that. That's my story. <laughs> I'm, huh? I'm imagining, I think little did you know that old lady, her ministry is just to go around telling young people, <laughs> you should be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. I'm just thinking of a pastor deuced in like family lineage, and you, I'm just seeing like your grandfather has someone with like a crank rolling uh, an old film. All right, we're going to do a 30 yeah. second sermon right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go on those picture TVs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> picture TVs. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's guys, awesome. thank you so much. It's hard to believe that like two hours is almost like flown by. Right. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. I know we started a little late, but it's still crazy that that's been this long and that chat, you guys have been awesome hanging with us for mm -hmm. this long. Uh, we're going to take a second here just to thank these guys. Cause again, all of them work Sunday morning on top of it and then give up that Sunday nighttime, which I know I love to like nap and recover and, you know, relax, but these guys are giving up their Sunday night. So can we put some hype in the chat and appreciation for these guys here? And, uh, and let's take a minute. This camera, this thank camera, this camera. Wives. Yeah, thank the wives <laughs> yes. that willingly give up their husbands in this time. I think all, at least I know mine and Dr. Heels' wives have come down just to say hi or like look at us or something. I don't know. My, for me, it was a good one. I don't know about your wife, but, but she was okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so let's yeah, take a second here and, uh, and I just want to plug these guys cause they're awesome and they all stream and have their own content that they're making regularly. And I want you guys to check them out. So, so we'll start with Pastor Deuston. We'll start on that end. Uh, where can the good people find you? What are you doing next? What do you got in the works? Hit us with it all. Okay. Uh, see, so, uh, I'm at, you know, uh, twitch.tv slash Pastor Deuston there. Uh, tomorrow I'll be playing Doom. I play Doom every night and reach a whole cool community of people there that love an old game like doom. Um, but so that'll be tomorrow night later on this week. I've got, um, well, actually I don't know. Cause I finally finished links awakening. You finished that I yesterday. <laughs> I finished it. Yeah. I finally finished it. That was awesome. So I'll be finding another game to start playing on Friday. Um, you should but, just yeah, find things find that, that rhyme or that are like, uh, what's the word? Assimilies with your name, doom with Deustin. I don't know. Another <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. What's another D game? <laughs> I can't think of anything. Dodgeball with Deuce yeah, <laughs> You should just stream IRL you playing stream. dodgeball. <laughs> yes, IRL Pick stream on Friday. Games. <laughs> just Let's finding go. groups of people to play dodgeball with you. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Dauntless with Deuce There you go. Dauntless, yeah, there you yes, go. That's a good game. I play with that. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for that, guys. Make sure you go follow yeah. Pastor Deuston. He is awesome. He has a 60-second sermon stuff, too, as well. Make sure you guys are checking all of that out that he has on there. Uh, Father Ironheart, what about you? 
Uh, I know you have a ton of time now that you found a church job oh, in yeah. three weeks. Yeah, a ton of time. Yeah, I uh, I love how you said all these guys are are always doing new things, and I'm like, ah. I had my first stream <laughs> since moving into this house hey. last week. It's been like a month between. Yeah. So um, anyway, twitch.tv slash Father Ironheart. Um, I I really I just stream when I can. It's about once <laughs> once or twice a week. Once a blue um, moon. <laughs> once a blue moon. Yeah, once in a blue moon. It's it's every now and then. I and I I don't really have like a thing. I just kind of do whatever other people are doing. So, Realm Royale is a thing I play a lot. Um, some friends are go. getting back into Sea of Thieves, so I play Sea of Thieves. Um, I've got a buddy, um, that likes to play Battlefront Two, so we'll play that. Um. But it's yeah, I'm. It's really it's like whatever other people want to play. I don't I like to play games on my own. So um, usually Thursdays and or Fridays is when I'm when I'm when I'm streaming and stuff like that. So we could make a game out of just mm-hmm. when Deuston will or not Deuston when Father Ironheart will stream. Like what's gonna come first? Yeah. We can just start tweeting things out there. Will the rapture sure. happen or Father Ironheart stream? Pick your vote now. That's, that's a game right there. <laughs> I like it. Oh uh, uh, well. Super Shadow, you know, twitch.tv slash Super Shadow. Um, I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, literally anything and everything that you possibly could, except Snapchat. Um, but yeah, so we're doing a lot there. We're going to be announcing, <laughs> I was supposed to do a giveaway, announce my giveaway tonight. We're going to end up doing that tomorrow in our stream because I was getting all this ready and didn't have time to, to actually stream anything beforehand. And it didn't make sense because I need to connect with these guys. Um, but yeah, we're celebrating three years of being on Twitch now. Uh, you know, we have our YouTube channel. We're trying to do 100 videos in 100 days or less and see if we could hit 1,000 subscribers. So guys, we're on like video 26, I think we have lined up right now. I'm going to actually be filming some more stuff later tonight. Um, so we'd love to have you guys come join us. We do Real Truth Real Fast, where we try to answer your biblical questions in three minutes or less. And nice. an array of a bunch of other funny videos that just try to be outward focused to also be able to reach people <laughs> outward as well as develop people inward. Uh, all right, we'll go on to Dr. Heels. What do you got going on? What's in the works for you? All right, so uh, you catch me on Twitch, Monday, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Central Time. I stream primarily Realm Royale. Um, which Dr. White, I seen you said you need to re-download it. You or you need to download it. You absolutely do. It's a fantastic game. Um, I actually I just really enjoy the game. But I'm always playing with like Father Ironheart or uh, a few others that are in GMA. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I primarily stream that. I'm also on YouTube. That uh, has been my primary platform for like the last two years, um, and that is YouTube.com/slash/ThatBoldLife. And it's all about, we actually mentioned the scripture today that we're to be a city on a hill. And it's all about uh, making and equipping Christians uh, to go and make disciples for the kingdom. Um, so yeah, I'm there. Then I'm on I'm on Twitter, Instagram. I just started on Twi- TikTok, but I have no idea what I'm doing there. Uh, but you can find me there at Dr. Hills. Uh, pretty much anywhere. My name is either Dr. Hills or at underscore Jeff Evans. It's a very common name. It's hard to actually get my name. So the underscore is there. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. But uh, that's 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 pretty much it. I upload to YouTube uh, almost every Friday. It, I used to be a lot more consistent, but it's still there. There's a ton of videos there to watch too if you want to go check them out. Nice, perfect. Yeah. 
Guys, please go make sure you show some love and support to these guys by going and doing all of those things, reaching out to them on all their platforms. I know if you just go in their stream uh, on their Twitch channels, they all have panels that link you to all of their accounts, whether it's their Twitter, their Instagram, their whatever. <laughs> I saw someone put a G+. <laughs> yeah, I have that too, I think, at some point. There's nothing yeah, on yeah. it, but I have it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all doing my awesome space? stuff. Yeah, my, I'm yeah. sure... If anyone could dig up my old MySpace, I don't don't oh please gosh. don't please don't please don't. I have please no idea MySpace. what's on there anymore. But yeah, my wife found it the other day. All the pictures are still never go there. Yeah, that was pre-Christian Jeff. Yeah, challenge accepted. Yeah, I have no idea what's on. I think mine was before I was a Christian. So there's probably yeah, like some T Pain is like the the what, what do they call oh. call it like the public song or like it would just play public music song? something like yeah. that. I can't remember what it was called anymore. But yeah, aim. Yeah. I have Yahoo Instant Messenger. Oh, AIM. Yep. <laughs> AIM. Okay. AIM. SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, man, we but, digress. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it. I want to be respectful of these guys' time and uh, and be thankful to their wives. What are we going to do? Who are we going to host? How are we going to? I don't know where we're going from here. We, I don't know. Me and Deustin, we thought, we thought about chat. Let us know if this is like too late for you guys. I mean, apparently not. Cause there's like 30 people still watching, yeah, but we no. thought about doing like a after, after show where like mm -hmm. two or three of us would just hang out and play like a game together, a community game with you guys. Uh, we were thinking maybe cause it's October to do something spoopy, like, uh, you know, Scary like games. dying by daylight or something like that. Uh, I think it'd be oh, real fun with a commu community game. I, it's free on PlayStation right now. So that's why I like to me. I'm like, that's a, that's an easy one. It's not free on steam. Deustin checked. No, twenty bucks. Um, but but we can find we can find a game. So who should we who should we re raid this week at least? Um, is is the question? Chat. Let us let us hear your thoughts as well. Mm -hmm. Pastor stomping on Kenneth and Ken. Do you want to go live again and we can go live, we can Ken. host you and go then now. if that makes up for it. Jono streams. Jono streams. All right, I've yeah, seen Jono a few on. times. John, John, yeah. John, John, John. <laughs> All right. He actually, he found me on Facebook, which like I'd never used my Facebook for streaming stuff. And I was like, who's this guy? Cause it's just his real name. And I was like, oh, that's Jono. <laughs> Took me like a week yeah. to, to figure it out. All right. You guys, <laughs> the, the people have spoken here. I think Jono, okay. Jono is who it is. Uh, so we want to get that ready. Let's do an outro song as well here. Um, but before we do, uh, I think NF NF just seems like a good choice overall. I feel I like agree. that was such I a agree. such a good hype song for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we're gonna pray uh, real quick, and then yeah, we're gonna go host them, guys. Let's go show them the love of GMA here as we do. Uh, but before we do, let's spend a second in prayer. Um, I'm trying to think who who's closing us in prayer. Was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember who we who we picked here. It was. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Father Ironheart opened us. Do we want to have Doctor Heels close us? Okay. Right, Lord, we thank you so much for this day and everything you do for us, God, and, and what you're going to do through us. I thank you for the opportunity to join together with three amazing dudes and, and the chat and just everyone that's here together, God. I pray that we leave here as a, as a community. We leave here as the capital C church, Lord, that we would just mm. go out and, and we would reach the world, Father, that we would go out on fire for you, God, that, that if we accomplish one thing today, that we accomplish that each and every person needs to be in a local body and on fire for you to reach uh, others, Lord, that, that 
no single person can do it alone, but that we are all pastors. We are all ministers in our own right, God, that we would go out and reach people. I just pray that each and every person here uh, would would dedicate their life to you. Father, if there's anyone here that does not know you, that may be distanced from you, God, they may be far away. We pray that they would come closer, that, that maybe a question was answered today. Maybe there was something said today that spoke to their heart, spoke into their lives. God, I just pray that mm-hmm. your Holy Spirit would be with each and every one of us, God, with everyone in chat, with everyone who stopped in, with everyone who lurked, with every pastor here, God, that your Holy Spirit, he would be here and he would lead and guide us through everything we do lord we love you in jesus amazing name amen amen Amen. thank you for that man all right guys listen up here chat here's what's gonna happen we're gonna go we're gonna raid jano and he's at 40 people right now we have 30 here so if we combine those two viewerships together that would basically put him right in the zone for partnership guys we need 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 more christian partners on the platform we need them and so we need you guys to help us to do that and so whether that's with jano whether that's with truth whether that's father whoever we need those christian influences on the platform to be able to influence other partners and to be able to reach a wider audience so i encourage you guys please 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 stick around even if you don't care for the game that he's playing uh, what is he playing right now mm-hmm. is he doing uh that's uh the old republic yeah 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 yep. so knights of the old republic even if you're like i i can't stand star wars you know i, I can't blame you on some of it the games are pretty good though um but but, but if, if that's where you are just come and hang out with Jono. that's that's what we're asking we're gonna hang out in there as well uh you know and be lurking in there and talking with you guys as well so please 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 come with us let's get this going mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna put it on and uh put on some nf here and then um We'll, we'll set that out in a minute here. So thank you guys again so, so much for hanging out with episode one is now in the books. Pastors After Dark. We'll be back next week, 9 Central Time, 10 Eastern Time. Fill out the form. Do all the stuff. Put your prayer requests in so we can pray for you throughout the week and on the show live. And we will see you guys in the next show. We'll see you. Have a great night. <laughs>